So today's talk is based on our co-founder, Myrtle Fillmore. Remember when I first learned about Myrtle Fillmore, I was so excited. Uh, she had she just had the most wonderful story, and I believe, and it's like this whole movement started basically because of this woman. And Charles Fillmore also had his healing, but it was Myrtle Fillmore's healing that started society, the Society for Silent Help, which today is Silent Unity, the world's oldest existing telephone prayer line. To this day, you call 24 hours a day, and they get prayer. Hi, this is Silent Unity. How may I pray with you? It does not say, how may I counsel you? It doesn't say, how may I be your best friend? It says, how may I pray with you? The, the prayers pray. They're high atop uh, the Silent Unity building in Unity, Unity Village, Missouri. And but Myrtle Fillmore, this first quote of hers, it, it reassures me at the very least. And I was going to say, it tickles me at the most. It says, I do not believe in evil. I believe in good. I do not believe in sin. I believe in truth. I do not believe in want. I believe in abundance. I do not believe in death. I believe in life. I do not believe in ignorance. I believe in intelligence. There are no discords in my being. Being is peace. My faith, understanding, and love are becoming one. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. And those are her beliefs. And I like them. And I'm sure as she believed in them, she fell short of them sometimes. But she still believed. That's what we were talking about in the correct perception. I believe, but I'm still angry. And I uh, help God, help Lord my, my unbelief. I love that. I believe, Jesus, help my unbelief. So Myrtle Page, that was her name. And, and oddly enough, she was in, from Pagetown, Ohio. <laughs> One of nine children. They were members of the Methodist Episcopal Church. She had been christened by the name of uh, Mary Carolyn, or Caroline, perhaps. She didn't like the name. Her father used to call her Myrtle Lee. Myrtle Lee, and so she adopted, at a young age, the name Myrtle. Funny, it's a name we make fun of since I was a kid, but it was a fashionable name back then. Oh, how times change. She, she had a better than ordinary education. Uh, when she was 22, she enrolled at Oberlin College where she took the library course for ladies. <laughs> when she left college, she didn't go home, but she went to live with her brother, David Page, in Clinton, Missouri, uh, where she became a school teacher of the village school. When she was 33, she secured a position as a teacher in Denison, Texas, and it was here that she met Charles Fillmore, our other co-founder. From her earliest childhood, though, she had been taught to think of herself as an invalid. In her early years, tuberculosis, uh, that she had been brought up to fear, she had developed in her. And in Clinton, she had also contracted malaria. In the mountains, her condition had improved because they, you know, they, she and Charles moved to, to Colorado. And her condition improved, but suddenly when they moved back to moved to Missouri, and Charles lost everything again. He not, they went in and out of heavy money. 
they would prosper like nobody's business and then it would all collapse. And, and, uh, and so during their hardest financial struggle, the tuberculosis returned worse than ever. And at that, at that time, still, Myrtle Fillmore had a great faith in medicine. Makes sense. And tried all sorts of medical remedies. Her son Lowell recalls that the medicine cabinet was always full to overflowing with pills and nostrums, which she was continually dosing herself and all the other members of the family. And doctors told her if she ran to Kansas City, she would probably only have a short time to live. There was nothing they could do for her. She was given like three months to live. And Charles was having dreams that Kansas City is where they needed to stay. So Kansas City is where they stayed. Now, about the same time, they went, uh, a lecturer, and I've mentioned him before, E.B. Weeks, came to Kansas City and delivered a series of talks on a subject that was being referred to by such names as New Thought, Christian Science, Divine Science. Dr. Weeks was sent there from the Metaphysical College run by Emma Curtis Hopkins. And the Fillmores went to the lecture by Dr. Weeks out of curiosity and apparently need. Now, how closely their experience of finding truth parallels the experience of thousands since then in finding unity? For over and over, the letters have come to unity declare, we had tried everything. We had given up hope. We did not know where to turn. And a friend told us about you, meaning the Fillmore's immunity. So we are writing to you. And that was the way it was with Charles and Myrtle Fillmore. And one evening in the spring of 1886, when Myrtle was desperately sick and they did not know where to turn. They went to hear Dr. Weeks, who had been recommended by a friend who had been studying this new thought as it was called, and thought that Myrtle might get help for it from her physical condition. They did not know much about the subject, but they tried everything else that they knew about, and all had failed. They had reached the place where they were willing to try anything. Charles Fillmore came away from that lecture long ago feeling no different than when he had gone. But the woman who walked out of the hall on his arm was not the same woman who entered it. A new, a different, a liberating, a transforming conviction was blazing in her heart and her mind. Everyone had gone to hear a lecturer and had the experience of having some statement of the lecturers stand out so vividly in his mind that he has felt, and he has said that especially for me. I've had many people come here and say, Sean, you were talking to me today. <clears throat> while Dr. Weeks was speaking to Myrtle Fillmore that night. And she walked away with one statement that repeated it over and over and over in her mind. I am a child of God, and therefore I do not inherit sickness. Dr. Weeks said that somewhere in his talk. Myrtle heard, Fillmore heard it. Charles Fillmore did not. But she heard it. And so over and over in her mind, the words told like a bell. I am a child of God, therefore I do not inherit sickness. She understood God cannot be sick. Whatever God is, it cannot be sick. In one hour, 
That evening, Myrtle Fillmore's whole outlook toward herself and her life had been changed like a revelation. And surely such as it was, this simple and divine idea that she was a beloved child of God and that God's will for her could only be perfect life and wholeness filled her mind and possessed her being. The old belief that she was an invalid, that she had been born to be an invalid, was as waters that have passed away. Even as she stepped out of the doors of the hall, this new, this divine revelation or realization was working in her, not only in her mind, but in the very cells of her body. I am a child of God. Therefore, I do not inherit sickness. I'm going to go back a little bit. The simple and divine idea that she was a beloved child of God and that God's will for her could only be perfect life and wholeness filled her mind. Who of us could take on that thought? I am a child of God. I am a beloved child of God. And God's will for me could only be a perfect life and wholeness. God's will for me could only be perfect life and wholeness. I am a beloved child of God. So, this thought was to work in her for a long time until she was healed it took two years as you, many of you know for all of the signs of tuberculosis to be gone and she went through many trials in the next two years it is considered however that she had her healing that night and it took two years for the body to catch up and we have to pay attention to things like that notice when the spark goes off that's the healing don't concern yourself with symptoms continue on the path of healing now i'm a child of god therefore i do not inherit sickness i'm a beloved child of god and god's will for me could only be wholeness and light you know a perfect light and wholeness i'm a child of god and therefore i do not inherit sickness Myrtle fillmore went on to create a prayer group around her kitchen table in downtown kansas city where they lived as I said, that created silent unity. First, it was called the Society for Silent Help. Charles Fillmore had his healing, as we talked about several weeks ago, uh, after he, he decided, because he, he saw these people, had, things were different. He saw his wife getting well, and, but he didn't believe it because he hadn't had any kind of a realization. And, but he thought, okay, there's got, either I think what his line was, and I love this line, Either I can, com can communicate directly with source or the whole thing is a fraud. So he had to prove it for himself as we all do. I can prove it all I want, but that won't prove it for you. And you can prove it all you want and it won't prove it for me. When I came into unity and I heard about healings, I believed that healings were possible. I hadn't yet truly had one. Well, I'd had some, a bit of healing on my own, so perhaps that was it. But I had further healings great later on. But when I heard about these, it just told me, oh, well, if they can do it, I can do it. I wonder when. If they can heal. If I've heard about people, bone, broken bones, healed in an instant. Not very snappy today, but <laughs> healed in an instant. Tumors healed in an instant. Attitudes healed in an instant. How many people had gotten sober and stayed sober? 
How many people had quit smoking and stayed off the cigarettes? How many people's relationships had healed? And yes, they did a lot of work. But we still don't know exactly what made the healing happen, except what I call God. Because there's others who certainly have not healed. There's other people who tried to stay sober, couldn't stay sober. There are many people who had to wait the full length of time for their bones to heal. But as long as there were some healing, it had to be possible for all. It had to be possible. So I had to dig in and find out, well, how is it possible for me? And the only thing I could see was I have to keep fo my focus on what I call God. And my God has to be on everyone's side. My God cannot be mad at anyone. My God cannot be holding a grudge towards anyone. My God doesn't care who's, in, who's serving in public office. My God doesn't care who votes for who. Healing is possible for all beings, except, those for, except for those who refuse to have them. You know, it's a, uh, some people have healings without even trying and others have to work for them. I had, I had to work for mine, but it was diligent work. It wasn't hard work. I just had to pay attention. I, I, I had to re read my books to keep my belief up and to keep reading about people who had had healings. I'm a child of God, therefore I do not inherit sickness. I had to keep reading up on that. So that I, because uh, otherwise, I'm going to start believing in the world. And the world's always going to lie to me. Always, always. That world will lie. That doesn't mean I should be mad at the world. Clearly, I want to enjoy the world. I want to experience peace and love and joy and harmony in the world. But I don't want it to be the so my source of information. Because it will lie to me. And then I will lie to myself. I can't go out and believe people who are mistaken. Because it's a, you know, the, like I said before, let the story go. The story is not the truth. The story is never, ever the truth. Now, I can tell you when I had the ankle heal, I can tell you I affirmed that Christ in me is awake now. I can tell you a ripple went down my body and my ankle went, eh, and I was back at rollerblades in two days. But I can't tell you what else happened there. I, I I just can't. I don't know what happened. I just like that it did. Because if it did once, it can happen again. And I can't manipulate it. Because I've tried to recreate healings. And I haven't done it. Oh, this is... This is, it's like going to a casino and you play one night and you win and you think, oh, I know how to do this now. And you go back and you think you're playing the same and you don't win. Like, what happened here? What happened? I put my money down, I played the cards and just different cards are coming up than last time. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. So I don't know what happened to make me win. I don't know what happened to make me not win. So I can't afford to, when I gamble, I can't afford to gamble much because I start playing not with money, but with how much I am loved by God in my mind. 
and I don't, I can't afford that. That's way out of my price range. I have to know that I am loved by God. Whatever God is, it's just because it's love itself. I can't, I can't begin to think it's against me or judging me or has opinions about me. It just is, and it's always with me. I am a child of God, therefore I do not inherit sickness. Myrtle Fillmore, she has a book about her teachings called How to Let God Help You. It was the very first book I ever read. I recommend it highly. There's a chapter to cover everything and everyone in that book. And then her other book, which is a compilation of her letters, she didn't put it together. Someone else took all her letters and her responses to it. That's called Myrtle Fillmore's Healing Letters. And the compilation is amazing because it's not all responses to specific. They found the topics of the letters and then com compiled it that way. We don't necessarily see the letters that were written to her. We see her responses to the topics. And it's, a, it's quite dazzling. I don't know if we have any copies right now or not. What I want to read to us all here is from Unity Magazine, 19th January, 1932. And it's the passing of Myrtle Fillmore. Could you hold this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Myrtle Fillmore was one of the founders of Unity School of Christianity, and that is what Unity used to be called. And I like that. It was actually a school of practical Christianity. When I came into Unity, that's what it was called there in uh, Lee Summit, Missouri. And if you don't know, Unity Village became its own town with its own mayor its own zip code. It no longer has a postal code. They gave that up in 1992. But, but they, uh, no, 2002, doesn't matter. So the founders, of, she was one of the founders of Unity School of Christianity. She passed on to the invisible side of life. On Tuesday, October 6th, 45 years ago, medical science gave Mrs. Fillmore up to die. Through sheer faith, she set aside that death sentence and began helping others by the exercise of that simple, beautiful faith in Christ's teachings to which she attributed her own healing. Except for her devoted love to her family, she gave her entire time, thought, uh, and energy to the ever-growing work of the school that grew out of her pioneer work and that of her husband, Charles Fillmore. Those who knew her intimately and to whom she had expressed a desire to make the change believe that she might have remained in the body indefinitely had she so chosen. Every phase of the change was made in divine order. As was customary with her, she, she closed her work at her office in Kansas City on Thursday after a day spent in writing letters, in receiving callers, and in helping with the regular healing work of silent unity. After leaving her office, she spent the evening picking apples at Unity Farm. Not long before her passing, she climbed four flights of stairs to reach uh, the writer's office where she made a sunny, smiling visit. As always, she was in the best of spirits, a characteristic that made her visits to various departments of the school a delight and a benediction. During her visit, she remarked, that she wanted to make a change. Well, that's fine. What kind of change, they asked. 
I said, she said, I believe that it would be easier for me to do the work that is ahead of me from the invisible plane. And they said, oh, you mustn't do that. We need your help, your inspiration, your spiritual guidance here, he answered. Well, you know that you will have that from me anyway. We have faith in Myrtle Fillmore, faith in her clear spiritual vision, faith in her allegiance to the guidance of the presence which she so faithfully served for so long a time. We believe that she was following the guidance of that presence in making the change that she chose to make. We cannot permit our love for her to be less generous than was her, her dear love for us. If she wished to step aside, or excuse me, if she wished to step into the invisible, we would not have it otherwise. We would not have any personal thought of ours retard her process or her progress or cast a shadow upon the serenity of her faith and work. Therefore, we shall carry on striving to make our loyalty to the high principles of truth that she taught and lived so beautifully, our tribute to her. And just as we shall be very near to her in our thought and love, we know that she will be very near to us. It cannot be otherwise. <clears throat> Souls are near to one another, in not in proportion to proximity, but by reason of their common purposes their love for one another, and for something greater than any one of them. We have faith that our common love of Christ shall keep us close to one another and to Myrtle Fillmore. In accepting this change, we do not desert the ideal of overcoming death, as did Jesus by quickening the body to a fourth dimensional expression, but we are mindful that death is the last enemy to be overcome, that we take a very big step in that overcoming when we overcome the fear of death and that there are many steps to take, many high adventures in God's glorious service before the final overcoming. We suffer it to be so in the calm assurance that life neither begins at birth nor ends at death, that in our Father's house are many mansions, and that if it were not so, he would have told us. A great man of old said that he was a little child, not knowing how to go out or how to come in. Most of us have not yet learned to master birth and death, to make our comings and goings serenely and in order. Myrtle Fillmore had evidently made the great overcoming. She gave seven day a week service to the work she loved best, and when she made up her mind to make the change, she did it beautifully and graciously, preparing her associates for that change, teaching them lovingly and sweetly as always, even in this last gesture. As was her, her custom, she went to her country home to spend the weekend with her family where she quietly and peacefully lay down to rest and serenely slipped out into the realm that lies just beyond the senses. Surely Myrtle Fillmore must take her place with the illumined of mankind. Her life no less than her teachings inspired faith and courage and understanding in the lives of millions and through the great work that she established will continue to inspire others so long as that work serves uh, God's wise and loving purpose. Millions have risen and shall rise to call her name blessed and to reverence the dear Christ whom she taught them to serve. So we're all deeply affected by Myrtle Fillmore's practice, by her spiritual faith, 
Everyone who walks into a unity church, a unity center, is affected by Myrtle Fillmore and her practice and her faith and her healing, her overcomings. We know when we walk in these doors now, all healing is possible. Why? Because I am a child of God and therefore I do not inherit sickness. doesn't say I won't get sick, but I don't inherit it. I don't get and stay sick because it's in my uh, genetics. I have a choice now. I have a choice of what to think, what to say, what to do. I have a choice. I like that we come here and we consider these affirmations. We consider these denials. We consider these possibilities. They thrilled me when I came into Unity in 1997. It's when I started studying. And I heard about Myrtle Fillmore. How Like God Help You was the first book I'd ever read in Unity. First class I ever took. And there was so much in there. There was a book, this whole section on addiction. And how not to, why we do not scorn addicts. They're just looking for something higher. Am I drinking? Am I smoking? I was looking for something higher. And I kept trying to satisfy it through the senses. I found out in unity that I was good and could not not be good. I've tried to pass that message along to many people for a lot of years now. I, I, uh, I can only hope every time we get together that you all take on the belief in more deeply that you are loved with an everlasting love. And so are the people you fear. And so are the people you don't like, which are the people you fear. Uh, the strangers in the street. And remember to somebody else, we are the strangers in the street. <laughs> I am a stranger in the street to many people, but I can still represent love. I can still represent peace and I can still represent divine possibility just by practicing it myself. I'm grateful for today and those of us who have came, come together to uh, look at Myrtle Fillmore and to remember, I'm a child of God, therefore I do not inherit sickness. Thank you.